Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschlin and Paige Kieschlin. Good morning, Paige. Good morning, Mom. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm tired. <laughs> I feel bad. I didn't sleep great. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe I should go back and listen to our sleep episode. Yeah. Um, so um, we're talking about neurodiversities and friendship, friendship today. So what did you learn? So I learned how... I didn't look up the f- definition of friendship. I assume we all know what friendship means. Actually, maybe you know we what? don't. I was, I was just going to say, maybe I don't we know don't. that everybody does. who has autism so, does. So hold on a second. But, I will, this will be alive. I think there's a... Because actually, I don't actually know the definition of friendship. Oh, well, there you go. So friendship. Okay, friendship. Um, The emotions... Or conduct of a friends, the state of being friends. Oh, that's I hate it when they get so definitions stupid. Like that. Okay, so the sentence is, if, or yeah, a relationship between friends. <laughs> she formed close friendships with women. Okay. So, like that definition is totally not helpful if you don't uh, understand that. So, here, a state of mutual trust and support between allied nations. Or in this case, allied people. Okay, but I still think like that still sucks. There's a real difference between like getting along with your colleagues, those, and being friends. Yes, and there's and having acquaintances. Yeah, I was about to say there's a difference between acquaintances and friends, and I did not understand that as a child. Mm -hmm. So I thought everyone was my friend until I grew up, and I was like, oh no, not everyone is my friend. No. Mm. Um, so but, what's the difference between those two things? So, Let's start there. Like, um, an acquaintance is someone I had a lot of acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Acquaintances are people that just know you and that will say hi to you. Mm-hmm. It's not somebody that you like hang out with outside of wherever you see them. Right. And they're not someone that you would go to for support necessarily. Right. Or to don't tell them any personal information. Right. or anything um because you're not in that relation you're not in a relationship that's at like that, that level at that level it's like an onion this is what i learned in my inner communicate in our personal com- communications class yes. people are like onion i don't remember what it's called but people are like onions yes and you share certain things with people in outer layers and then there's like the inner onion where you kind of like your family. Yeah. Family. So there are definitely layers of there's layers of So friendships would be not the family layer, but the next layer. Yeah. But you might have some family. You might have that some are that, that are. And you also might have some family that are in like an outer. For sure. Thing. But I'm just saying like your average family that like gets along and loves each other and takes supports yeah. each other. I know all families aren't like that. And so. I definitely have had clients. We do. I do those circles of support oh. with my clients mm-hmm. sometimes, especially if they have thing. autism. Uh huh. And mm-hmm. um, I definitely had one kid. He, he put his dad like three layers out because 
his dad wasn't supportive and his oh. dad didn't learn about all right autism. then good and for him for right. putting his dad so he, out then good, right? good for I mean, him for recognizing that it, it was i mean it was a talk but but just because your family doesn't necessarily mean you're on the inner circle obviously but so friendship would be that second second to the middle right and um and then some friends might be all the way inside um, um so would you so learn? i learned again i had a research based off of disorder and not just if you would just type in neurodiversity and how about by neurodiversity and not disorder because oh. they're not disordered sorry by neurodiversity and i apologize there you go. Um, so I did ADHD first. Um, so for ADHD, it's difficult to both both find friends and then maintain that friendship. Mm-hmm. You can't like just forget about them. I know it's easy to sometimes, especially if you don't see them all the time. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind. But you can't forgetting about them tends to break those friendships occurred. Um, and then I read this whole thing on mostly, it was mostly women in ADHD. So women who have ADHD who are more impulsive and hyperactive mm-hmm. tend to make it, it makes it hard for at least like a child. I still struggle with these too. So if you're an adult and still struggle with these, it's okay. Um, turn-taking, or not getting your way. Mm. Like you have a hard time when people, I guess, say no to you. Flexibility. Flexibility. Yeah. Um, being too loud, being quote unquote too much. Mm-hmm. Um, or being too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Whether it's physical aggression or just like, you know, mentally being aggressive. Mouthy. Mouthy, yeah. yeah. Um, and seeming immature for your age. Um, they tell that that type of behavior tends is more likely for you to feel more rejected because they're kind of rejecting you. They don't want for whatever reason. I don't know. They don't want someone who's too loud, I guess. And then the girl, I'm sure. Yeah. Or even like, I think, I think one of the parts that makes it difficult to be friends with somebody who has ADHD sometimes is that they verbally process mm-hmm. and it's hard if you have like one best friend and that's the person who you're constantly verbally processing to so that would be a that's lot. A, lot that person, a lot for that person right so so if you're a verbal processor or if somebody's told you you talk a lot you must be a verbal processor um you need to have multiple go-to verbal processing people so that you don't wear anybody out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. sometimes I just talk. I verbally process to myself. Well, yeah. I mean. So you could do that too. You can. But some people need the like dialogue back. Right. Like that's that's their processing modality. That's how they think. Right. Um, which is totally fine to think that way. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. But you need multiple, multiple people, people. don't wear one person out because. Yeah. No, you won't it. have that person. No, you know, and you forever. don't want to lose that friendship, right? So, um, and then the ch- the girls who are more inattentive, mm-hmm. 
So the ones who seem more quote unquote flighty or quiet or quiet, shy, not really paying attention, they um, tend to miss social cues and or don't know how to join a group. So they're more likely to be ignored than rejected. Because no one knows, like, you you aren't speaking up for yourself. So no one knows that you want to be, like, a part of anything. So, which it is terrible. It's very sad. It's really sad. Um, And then girls, the article was talking about how girls tend to value value friendships more than boys do. Mm -hmm. So it takes more of a hit on their self-worth. Mm-hmm. Not having like a f- group of friends. I mean, you're saying girls, and I know the article was about girls, but, but women. I, I see this at all age levels. Yeah, when I'm coaching, so the females tend to like groups of people more. Um, autism. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you have anything to add to ADHD? Um, I mean. <clears throat> I just think that, you know. Or it's easy. Oh, you were saying in the car the other day. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted That's you. That's fine. Go for it. Turn taking. I'm go sorry. On. No, um, go on. What was I saying? You were saying in the car how, when we were talking about friends, mm-hmm. how neurodiverse people tend to make friends with other neurodiverse people. Yeah. I think they really do attract mm-hmm. each other. Because a lot of my friends, I think, ended up having a neurodiversity. Right? We didn't always make the best choices. No, but I mean, like, I know lots of people who, like, they come to me for coaching, right? Because they have, or they have just found out, usually, that they have ADHD or autism. Um, and then, like, six months into our coaching, like, really often, they'll be like, my spouse actually has. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no kidding. Um, <laughs> you don't say. Um I just think like people with ADHD tend to have via characteristics, which we've talked about in an episode <laughs> of like forgiveness and, and, um, and what's the other one? Fairness oh. because they, they've experienced unfairness and mm-hmm. they've experienced not being forgiven that they tend to show that more to other people. So when they meet other people who are, like like brained um they they're more forgiving right or like or they don't even notice sometimes their perception is just so off they don't even notice oh he's late all the time so am i i didn't notice right like (laughs) right so they're just more they tend to be just more forgiving in general i think of somebody's flaws quote unquote they're not really flaws they're just characteristics right um so plus i just think like it's good to be in a, like we we're talking about friendships, but I think even in a romantic relationship, it's good to like have somebody else who has the same brain type or a similar brain type or is understanding of that brain. You know what I mean? Yes. It just makes it hard. All yeah. right. So what else did you learn? Autism. Autism is nice and lengthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they also have trouble making and keeping friends. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they could be so anxious in social like the anxiety in a social situation can make it difficult to make friends i mean i think that spans all neurodiversities because even though emotional regulation is not part of the dsm-5 for adhd it is by far the biggest complaint of people with adhd so yeah and social anxiety for sure um they lack a lack of Mm self-confidence um they latch on latching on it to a negative experience and expecting that to be the end result for every relationship Mm -hmm. so once you get to a specific age and you're always being you're always getting the same like negative feedback feedback, you're going to just assume that that's just what happens Mm -hmm. and you're not going to want to do that because why would you (laughs) sure um they may appear to seem overly friendly I went to high school with a with a boy who was autistic, and he was friendly to everybody. He was very friendly. He was very sweet. Actually, at first, I didn't think he was very sweet. He was actually really mean to me when we first met in like sixth grade. You probably liked you. And then the and then and then um the teacher that teacher that did that class. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Um, she she told him like, dude, knock it off. And he stopped and I would like stand up for him when people would make fun of him when we had a fire drill because he didn't like the sound of the fire drills. Yeah. Honestly, neither did I. But he I mean, like, just like that sound. he really didn't like it. And people would <laughs> right, make yeah. fun of him. And I'd be like, bro, stop being a dick. I didn't say that to them. But essentially, I was like, knock it off. But he was very friendly to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, that's an assumption that people have is that people with autism aren't friendly, aren't, aren't friendly <laughs> don't don't want relationships. Yeah, and that's so, so not true. Not true. Very it's much just a, like this regulation of like that emotion, and so mm-hmm. sometimes it's the person who stands like too close to you, or the person who like yeah. calls you friend, even though you just met them. Um, <laughs> Right. But it also could be the person who like, you know, doesn't make eye contact or barely speaks to you. But I think that's a misconception in society in general. Mm -hmm. Um, They struggle to understand their own emotions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they also, they also don't understand, like may not understand like other people's emotions. Like the emotion chart that you had in my room before we redid it. I actually okay. Um, you can take a test on how well you know emotions. Mm-hmm. I did not do good. <laughs> well, I think for some people, like they don't even like, recognize like how it's discussed an emotion, or like totally or no, there were like some really weird ones, like like there's... like why is that in an emotion? There's happy, there angry, sad and frustrated and then the others are just different levels mm-hmm. of that same thing um, that's no. how i like to um, think no. about it um, um no no we'll, we'll do more talking um so i just don't understand I, yeah right exactly so that's i so think confusing. i'm working actually with a group of seventh grade autistic boys right now and we talk about emotions 
a lot. I see. Um, where we talk about like how to recognize. Well, I mean, they're in them, middle school, right? So, so sometimes it's about like understanding the signals from your body. Like, if your stomach hurts, it's not always because you're hungry. Oh. Sometimes it's because you're nervous or right. you're really angry or right. or something else, right? It's not like, and so we talked to, we, we talk a lot about, like, about? we do, we talk about like how to recognize, like, Interesting. can your body give you a clue? Because very often people with autism and people with ADHD, but people with autism for sure have alexithemia, which is like not having any words for how you feel. Well, that would be frustrating. Right? I can at least find some form of words. Right? But often they don't know. Like, I have this one kid in the group, and he's like, no, I'm just, you know, numb. Numb. And I was like, oh, that's not, that's, that's like not really good. under-aroused. Like, you're not. That's raised <laughs> um, Or like, no, I'm just, I don't know. That should be a, an episode. I didn't right? even know alexithemia was a thing. Right. So um, it's just really, you know, if you don't have words to describe and you're not people with autism and people with ADHD sometimes tend to be really in their own head yes. and not even aware that they exist from their shoulders down. <laughs> don't pay attention to their signals from their body, but right. your intuition is like, it's still there. Right? right. And so learning to use your intuition to figure out how you feel can be really helpful right right so like my intuition is often in my chest so when i'm feeling good my chest feels really like open and wide and i can take deep breaths and i feel good right when i'm not it feels really tight or hard or clamped down right um okay. but other people feel that stuff in their gut right but most people feel it in one place or the other i see but a lot of people especially when I'm coaching people and we'll talk about intuition, often the answer I get is I don't trust my intuition because it's like usually wrong or it's sent me down the wrong path. Right. So they've learned this story of this false narrative that their intuition can't be trusted. And I think part of your intuition is what leads you to just like reaching out to somebody to to become a friend. right? Right. Like, Oh, that person seems interesting. I, think we could be good friends but mm, now i don't trust my intuition right Aww. so yeah okay what else did you learn interesting um now understanding body language facial expressions and gestures um not understanding social cues or social rule or social rules uh so like talking over others standing too close to somebody um not sharing when you're supposed to be sharing and then oversharing right either way because it's either way so either way um only talking about what you want to talk about as much as i would love to talk about sharks all day not everybody else does it's a harsh reality in life that i've learned to accept but not everybody who thought to some though likes sharks. <laughs> I know that. But what I was actually gonna say was not everybody with autism has a like restricted interest. Oh right. Right? Like in fact, a lot of women with autism don't have restricted interests. 
they um and so um that doesn't i think that's just a stereotype of autism so every time you meet somebody with autism they're not going to have an interest but sometimes i mean i was just listing listing some things that you might see um they don't know how to start or keep a conversation going necessarily which can be difficult Mm -hmm. um the expectation of maintaining a friendship is very stressful mm-hmm. like all of just like when you think about the steps and everything that you have to do it could be overwhelming um finding it overwhelming or frustrating when you can't make friends yeah i've definitely felt that mm-hmm. um and then i also read a bunch of stuff a lot of stuff came up about parents and how to help your child, assuming that your child is diagnosed when they're like three or four years old. Right. But uh, I mean, which isn't always necessarily the case. Isn't always the case, especially if you have Asperger's. Yeah. Right. Or if you're a woman. Yeah. Um, don't walk on that cat. <laughs> um, sorry, cat. Um, <laughs> so um, I think another piece of it is that you didn't mention is that a lot of people with autism have um face blindness i didn't even think of face blindness. right so they're not they're not first of all they they might remember a conversation they had with right. you especially if you have the same interest they do i don't know why um but they don't remember your won't name. remember your face, your face and probably not your name either um and so that makes it hard to like, like want to be your friend. Find like, a friend in the cafeteria. You can't or, even remember my name. Or, um, but it also means that they're probably not reading nonverbal communication in. Yeah. And most of how most people communicate is nonverbal communication. Um, and so if you can't read that, you're missing most of communication. So like that becomes really hard. They also tend to take stuff really literally. So mm-hmm. if you're a person that uses lots of idioms, Ew. we used to use idioms all the time when Paige was young. I have a dictionary. Just to, just to like teach them to her. I have um, a dictionary. Because she didn't understand them at all. Um, so so but, if you're a parent, you should do that for your kid. There's an app. You had an app for a while too. No, that was I mean, all idioms, I did. Right? I thought I just had the book. But then... Then with the idioms, once I learn what they are, sometimes I'll use them. And that makes it easier. And it does. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like some I just like don't remember, like the black cat, black pot, whatever it's, whatever it is. Pot, that's the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I like can never remember how it goes. So like, I know what it means because you use it all the time. But I never remember like what it is. Right, and but if you're not understanding language and you can't read somebody's facial expressions, that would that's going to make it hard to maintain a relationship. I also have friends, or not friends, I have clients that um, use apps to help remind them to reach out to people, oh. or they'll make them calendar events. Oh. So some clients that will put on their calendar, like, "Be sure to reach out to Bob," uh, that's or, good. or you know, or just like. One of my clients just like has time earlier in the week where he mm-hmm. will reach out to a couple of friends to make plans for the weekend. Oh, all right. Right. Or um have other clients that will like send automated texts to their 
wives. Hopefully their wives aren't listening to this. Um, I think some of the wives know. Okay. But they, That's good. they still know, like, he put through the effort to, like, he see, did. set up the app I, to do I would, these. I would still appreciate um, that. Right? So, so that, like, they, they appreciate the effort that, like, right. they understand that when they're at work, they're so into work that they forget about their wives, but not really. Like, not they know really. their wife exists, but, like, yeah. they're so into their jobs, they forget about their wife. And so <laughs> they'll send little uh, free redone automated text text that say how are you today how's your day going and then when they answer back they'll be like yeah i mean they're not writing stuff like i was just thinking about you because they weren't just thinking about them right (laughs) because that would be a lie that would be a lie so so they are writing stuff that's you know more truthful like you know i'm i am checking on you how's your day (laughs) right right they're pretty I think the best part about being in a relationship, whether it's romantic or a friendship with somebody with autism, is that you know exactly where you stand with it. That is true. They're like always they're, going to be honest. They're, with you. they're always honest. They don't understand manipulate. They don't understand why somebody would manipulate somebody and they don't have the drive to manipulate anybody. So I would suggest uh, everyone should have at least one friend who's autistic. There's enough autistic people in the world. So write right. yourself an autistic friend, my they, friend. I mean, they're loyal and they um they'll tell you what's they're up. They're caring. They'll they'll tell you straight out. They will. You know, if that dress makes you look fat, they'll, they'll let, let you know. know. Um, Even though they <laughs> maybe they shouldn't, but you know, like the, sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes. But like, you know, honesty is good. Right? Often, often my clients with autism honesty is the first or second via trait strength that they have like they're they're just they're very honest okay even when i get a client who says that they just have autism or have adhd but like things don't seem to quite line up to me with that diagnosis Mm -hmm. and we do the via and they come back and it comes back with honesty as one or two i'm like hmm i wonder because i can't I can't diagnose anybody. I'm a coach and not a doctor, right. but I certainly know it when I see it. And I know how right. often it's missed, particularly in women. Right. So. Right. Um, and then I wrote this because realized while I was doing this, that this is something that I used to do. It's easier to make friends with younger children when you're autistic, like younger mm-hmm. than you. Right. Like I used to play with Jack and his friends. Yeah. Jack is four years younger than me. So it's just easy because I was so much older. So I was like the boss. (laughs) They all listened to me because I was four years older than them. (laughs) When I was 12, you do like to be, they were like eight or nine. So they would just listen to me and I felt super powerful. But that's not the same thing when I talked to another 12 year old. No. Not at all. It was very frustrating when I talked to other 12-year-olds. Sure. So eight-year-olds eight seemed great. Some people with autism, even ADHD, are very verbal, mm-hmm. like hyper-verbal and seem like, like talking. Yeah, like they talk a lot or they have excellent that's vocabularies. My, and what I do. Um, and so often they are actually friends the other way too like they're friends with adults with adults because adults are more forgiving i mean adult, a child adults are pretty cool sometimes i think it's on the adult i think a lot of adults thought that i was kind of weird. so you, i'm not you're not, kind of weird i am i am 
but I'm not sure if they liked talk. I'm not sure if they really liked talking. But they're talking forgiving, right? Like they're not. They're not going to call you out like another twelve year old. Yeah. It's just going to be like let's ditch Paige. Right? I'm sure they did. Friend. I'm sure we're, they did. Uh, we've all had it done. We've all been ditched. Yes. It's okay. It's um, really not. It's not. You shouldn't be able to lay and you shouldn't ditch people. But like, they're twelve. Twelve year olds are mean. Twelve year olds um, are jerks. <laughs> um, not all twelve year olds. Not all twelve year olds. Like it's same. That but, is. I'm but, sorry. Um, but you know, adults, and adults are, are going to be. Forgiving. Adults aren't. Adults shouldn't be bullying. <laughs> not all adults are nice to children. There are that's some true. that will bully children and that sort of stuff. But indeed, a decent adult wouldn't bully a twelve-year-old. Yeah. Um. Okay, Tourette's. This one was frustrating research because I really wanted to learn about it, and all that I could find were how to be a good friend to someone who had Tourette, who has Tourette's, and okay. like well, that's, that's great. We'll that's great that it's out there. I didn't click on those because I don't know anyone with Tourette's, so I found it interesting that there were so many articles about this. I know nobody with Tourette's. At least no. I don't think I do. Hmm. Interesting. Or um, if you guys know Billie Eilish, mm-hmm. do you know who she is? I do know who she okay, is. Okay, cool. I'm not that much of a boomer. <laughs> it's okay. Um, she, I guess, has Tourette's. Does she? Like very, very minor, I think, because it's all, when I was reading one of the articles of one of her interviews, they all seemed like muscle ones. So like uh, wiggling her muscles. ears or stretching like certain muscles in her arms, hmm. raising her eyebrows, stuff like that. Interesting. It was interesting. Um, I didn't know that about her. Okay. And then very quickly, I guess, we was going to say stuff about my experience. Yeah, go ahead. Because making really, friends is hard. Making friends is hard. So this made more sense after the fact, after I was diagnosed with autism and stuff. Yeah. But so in women, mostly women with autism tend to be very good at masking because they watch everyone else around them. So I would watch all of the other girls or even the boys make friends. So this is like part of like the frustrating part. When you watch the other people, like, do whatever it is that they were doing, and then you try to copy it, and it doesn't work, because I was probably missing something. I most definitely was missing something. something It must, something didn't seem right, because it wouldn't work. Or, again, I would make friends with other neurodiverse children. So they didn't always necessarily. I maybe I was overwhelming to them too. Maybe, maybe I'm just too or overwhelming maybe for you everyone. Were just right at their speed. Maybe um, I don't think so. Some of them maybe. Some of them maybe, but I was very good at making acquaintances, and I was very good at making quote unquote friends. I not sometimes we were friends, sometimes we weren't friends. Sometimes we really liked each other, and other times we like hated each other's guts. Frenemies. Frenemies. I had lots. I had a couple of those. I mostly was good at making acquaintances, particularly in high school. Like lots of people would say hi to me. No one, I think, had a problem with me. 
I was just too quiet to be like, hey, you want to do something this weekend? Right. So everyone was usually just like, hi. Even in like, I took this class through like middle school through high school. And at the end of our senior year, we had to write a note to each person, like on a large piece of just paper. And even one of the kids even said like, you were really quiet. And I still don't know you after spending all these years with you. He was actually, a lot of them were actually really, really sweet. And how like, you didn't really talk much, but when you did, everyone would stop talking or doing whatever and would listen to what I had to say. Because when I did talk, it was usually like something pretty insightful. And I was like, oh, that's actually really sweet. Thank you. But um, I think I know who did it because we didn't write names. Some people did, some people didn't. Um, But it's just interesting. Don't give up on yourself, little one. You can do it. Even if you're not little. Even I mean, if you're not little. I definitely little. have adults who have, who have, trouble. have trouble making friends mm-hmm. or maintaining friendships. Maintaining, maintaining is a lot of Making. A lot of people with ADHD have yeah. no problem making friends. Right. It's the maintaining, it's the maintaining part. And That's I think hard for autism, it's the opposite. I think it's they have a hard time making friends, mm-hmm. but maintaining them is actually easier because oh, people learn to value them mm-hmm. once they get to know them, right? Right, Because they do realize, like, I know where they stand with them or, you know, they're always honest with me right. or um, they're loyal, right? Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah. So. Or my friends in the neighborhood would do something like they liked to ding dong ditch. Oh, I didn't really can't really like, do that anymore with all the doorbells. Yeah, the door, but... um, I wasn't so much into that. So like, it'd be kind of just more of like, oh, Paige is just being a buzzkill. <laughs> I was a little goody two shoes. I oh, wouldn't have wanted to be my friend either. What was the rule? It was the rules. rules. Like, yeah, like rules. it just it seemed wrong. It is wrong. It seemed wrong. <laughs> or or in high school. We were in the computer lab in at the library and um two people that you know. Whose name is you're not gonna say on air. <laughs> um I'll just name them Sam. One was a boy and one was a girl. So Sam and, and Sam. Is that name Samantha. Oh, sure. <laughs> um they were after the teacher had done ma- um attendance, they were like, come on, Paige, let's go. Let's like ditch essentially. It's like, no, I have stuff to do and we're supposed to be in here. And they were like, no, come on, Paige. She's already done attendance. Let's go. (laughs) Granted, this was a class that, like, after a couple years, like, after like the first year, I was kind of honestly over it because I don't know. No one was respectful to this teacher. So it just made the class honestly kind of like not fun because she would make us restart every time someone talked. Because this was a class where you were supposed to be quiet because you weren't supposed to be talking that's a at really least bad design for a class no 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 without your voice we were still talking just not with our mouths it was silent pitch. Uh, so right, like right. we were the whole class we were supposed to just be signing but right. you know people are disrespectful sometimes and they chose to talk so it made it really like not super fun so my friends wanted to ditch and i was like can't do that we have work to do and they were like oh come on Paige just this one time and I was like no no 
no no I was also like afraid of getting in trouble like you would find out somehow even though they don't call you unless you can skip multiple classes in two classes so (laughs) when I subbed some kid told me that his mom didn't speak Spanish and so he put he filled out the forms because they gave him the forms in English at the beginning of the school right. year. So he put in his own phone number. Mm. So when he skipped class, it called his own phone number. That's smart. That was pretty smart. Don't do that, kid. That That's is bad. That is bad. That, that actually made me laugh pretty hard. That, That's that was pretty, pretty funny. funny. <laughs> um, yeah. He also had ADHD. Oh, didn't he? <laughs> and skipped class a lot. Oh. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, what about your own friendship? Well, now, what lesson have you learned from your friendships as you um, carry forward to new ones? Let's see here. I same thing with like the relationship, like a romantic relationship. I don't like tell them right off the bat. Like I did tell one friend when I was diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. I told her immediately because mm-hmm. you know she was my best friend. She was my only friend first mm-hmm. off and after that she completely she treated me like I was like stupid even though I was my smart honestly mm-hmm. um but she did not treat me nicely or anything um I think same thing with a relationship I'm very good at choosing people to be in relationships with as you can see mm-hmm. but um if they're like rude to like if they just like get jealous when I like hang out with literally anybody even my sister yeah I'm like okay that's kind of weird maybe I'm not into your vibe um better at making friends now I feel like I feel like I've grown since I was you know 12 12 that's good (laughs) hopefully I've grown since then I don't, I don't think I'm the same person I was 13 years ago. No, even five years ago. <laughs> but um, more loyalty. I think like my, the friends that I have now are like, they'll tell me, they'll tell me when I'm being like. A little much. A little much. Or like, they'll like make sure like, I don't mean this in a rude way, Paige, but did you take your medicine? <laughs> or or like, I forgot to take one one day and my boss was like, oh my God, there's so much of a difference. And I was like, what do you mean? Because I like, wasn't really paying attention because I wasn't on medicine. And she's like, oh no, I'm not trying to be rude. There's just like, no, no, I just didn't hear what you said. And it's like, there's so much of a difference compared to when I'm on medicine and when I'm not. There is. There is like I like, and then like my feel my heart is just like racing when I'm not on it. Right. So then I was like, oh wait, no, I have, I have, I have my little my booster. Thankfully, I had that, so I took that, and the day was so much calmer. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, they like know when I'm like sad and stuff too. So they and they like make sure to ask. I don't think other and friends reciprocating the friendship good like Like accepting the friendship is one thing but like i think it's hard for people with autism or adhd and you're both to reciprocate friendship to like be the person that reaches out or be the person that says hey what's up i i do that sometimes um some of them i think there's like some people that i'm closer with a weird dynamic sure it's a weird dynamic because like in groups 
Mm-hmm. Particularly, there's always like the outsiders, like if you know, through a group of friends of three, there's always two people who are the closest, and then there's like kind of one loner. Yeah. And you always take turns. Yeah. But I have a group of four. So two of them are kind of close. And I would like to think that I am closer with one, the other one. But I mean, I don't really know. Like I'll I'll like check on them to see like how they're doing. If I notice that they're upset mm-hmm. and my boss has definitely like told me when she's upset and has like verbally, like there's like stuff that sometimes like happens that is honestly frustrating. And I would be frustrated if this was happening to me too. So I listen and I try to give my input to help her out, but I'm also not in the same situation. So right. I'm not sure if my, Advice is very helpful, but sometimes it's more helpful to just listen or to ask somebody. I think everybody really, really wants to give advice. Yeah. But sometimes somebody just wants you to say, wow, that sucks for you. Yeah. What would you like to do in this situation? Right. Which, like, she did tell me what she wanted to do, and it, like, eventually worked. That's good. But, Yeah. Okay. Anything else about friendship? No. Um, you can do it. I can do what? Oh, oh no. You, they can do it. I mean, you it. can do it, too. I, I do have friends, too, yeah. That's good. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Mom. Thanks. Say bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you wanted to coach with me, see my information at bigbangcoaching.net. If you are interested in emailing us, you can reach us at the ndtoolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to the neurodiverse toolbox.podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.